Hands and Scotty, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Trade deadline is looming. couple trades coming. And everybody is getting ready for all the craziness that's about to begin. All right. Jazz have already pulled the trigger. If you're just joining us, uh, Simone Fontecchio. The Fontecchio era in Utah has now come to an end. He's on his way to Detroit, helping us break it all down, as I'm sure it shook NBC Sports and Crow Basketball talk to the core. Let's get Kurt Heelan on to talk about it. Kurt, how are you? Hey, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. NBC was going to stop their Super Bowl coverage and just go straight to the Fontecchio uh, trade talk. I think that was, that was the plan. What does it all mean? <laughs> Fontecchio taking his talents to the Motor City. Uh, you know, don't you? Don't you feel bad? I mean, they sent. They're sending a true Italian to play in Little Caesars Pizza Arena. That just seems cruel. Like, did you just come up with that, or what? is that a circulating? Because that's a good one. I, I, I had come up with it. I don't know if anybody else had I'd said it or not. I'd put it in my post. So, um, so yes, uh, Simone, we, we know you're used to high-level Italian and Italian pizza, but let's talk about this thing called a deep-dish square Detroit-style <laughs> pizza. I'm sure you'll love yeah, with, it. With, with cheese dripping outside. I like Detroit-style pizza, but... Oh, I, it's not I do too. Uh, but honestly, when you look at it now, look, I, you know, I like who Simone Pontecchio is becoming as a player. But at the end of the day, to get essentially Washington's second round pick, which will be, you know, 32, 33 in that range. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's not a bad pickup for Fontecchio. No, actually, I mean, look, he's 20. I like him, but he's 28. He's not part of the future. And you just landed a very quality second round pick. Uh, like you said, that's you know, 35 at the worst. It's the, it is technically the worst of Washington's or Memphis's. Um, probably Washington's, but you know, both of them kind of stink. So either way, you're getting a really good pick. That's somebody, those, those high second rounders are valuable because you can kind of roll the dice on somebody that maybe should have been a first rounder and you're not locked into them. Um, first round first round picks in the NBA have guaranteed money. Second round picks do not. So you can roll the dice on somebody, and if it doesn't work out, it doesn't hit you the same way. So uh, it's that's a great pick, um, and I, I totally think it's a it's a smart move by Danny Ainge. Like that's just a good pickup. Kurt, are the Utah Jazz fans going to get anything out of Kevin Knox? Only if they invest something in him. I, I know. Um, you know. Look, he's he's going to have to earn a rotation spot. He came in with a lot of promise in New York, and and is just never quite lived up to it. So, um, look, in Utah is the kind of place you get a chance. You know, that's not you know, again retooling team a little bit, and so you can get some minutes. But he's going to have to earn them and prove he deserves it. And we haven't really seen that yet. I, uh, I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit. I don't anticipate, and if you don't, you know, I don't know how much tabs you keep on on European basketball, but is there any value or any future to uh, Gabriel Procida, whose draft rights were also acquired by the Jazz in this thing? I I, I don't know. I would be, I'm not, I'm not going yeah, to pretend to know That's that. how we are, too. So. That's, that's, a good, that's a good name, though. It's a good name, but yeah, I'd, ha- I'd oh, have yeah. to do some research. I probably have notes on him somewhere, but um in the middle of, of the draft deadline, I just, that's, I'm like, eh, that's, I know that name, but I don't know what it 
stands for. Like, I don't know what he does. So any other trades that are really catching your eye that uh, we need to talk a little bit about, Kurt? No, it's really – I mean, it's been really quiet. I mean, you know, the the only moves today, the day before the deadline, we're uh, just a little under 24 hours out now. Um, from the deadline, it's been Fontecchio and Boston picked up Xavier Tillman, which is a nice depth piece for them for a couple of seconds, um, you know, out of Memphis. That's been it today. Um, I feel like I'm jinxing myself saying that out loud, but, like, it's – it's just been quiet, but this whole this whole thing has been quiet, and now it looks like you know, as of right now, I don't expect Dejounte Murray is going to get traded. Nobody, you know, Zach Levine's out because he's been hurt. So now the best player moved is maybe Kyle Kuzma. Like it's just, it's not a very thrilling trade deadline. The best deals, you know, Terry Rozier and obviously you know Harden and OG Ananobi and Siakam. All that stuff happened already. You know, Lillard, if you want to go back to training camp, like there's just not much happening right now. And it's, and I'm not sure there's going to be a bunch more Fontecchio sized deals over the next 24 hours, but I don't know that you're going to see anything that really moves the needle. There's a team out there looking for the services of Kelly Olenek. Uh, who do you think they are and, and where is possible landing spots for him? Yeah, if uh, he is probably the Jazz player most likely to be moved. I, I've been saying for a while that's the name I keep hearing, and that hasn't changed. Um, there are a whole bunch of contenders who could use – playoff teams who could use a, a veteran stretch big who plugs right into your locker room, who knows how to play, um, who can give you minutes now, and you can even trust him a little in the playoffs. Um I'm I'm not sure. I'd heard Boston a little. I know Boston had interest. I know Philly had interest. Um, uh, obviously, the Sixers are a tad short in the front court right now and might be more interested, and they've got the assets to go, to go get anyone they want. Uh, and he's an expiring contract, which fits with what they need because they don't want to mess with their cap space this summer. That's why Buddy Heald's name comes up with them, too. Um, but I... Look, I, I've heard about 10 teams. Like, just you name a playoff team. They're like, yeah, we'd like to get Kelly Olenek. So I think it's just going to come down to who comes forward with the best offer. So, Kurt, do you think that the Lakers are going to ride the Davis, James, Russell, Reeves train right into the postseason? Do you think that they have confidence that this group – because it, it's it's now or never. It's just – it feels like it's yeah. closing in on them with every passing game – is this what they're going to try to ride through the postseason? Looks like it. Um, wow. It, um, <laughs> sorry. They, um, yeah, there's just nothing really burnt. I mean, LeBron's doing all his passive-aggressive stuff, but there's just there's just not much. Of it. I mean, again, DeJounte Murray is the name you heard, but does he really move the needle that much for them? He's an upgraded point guard over D'Angelo Russell especially defensively, but there's just not a player out there who really changes things for them. And I think that they've kind of internally pivoted might be a strong word, but they're looking ahead now like, hey, let's not blow our draft capital. Let's not burn our 2029 pick for somebody kind of okay at the trade deadline because 
the way that things work out, they pick up a draft pick they can trade and a swap and stuff. Like, they, there's stuff they can do more this summer once you get past July 1st. So they're better off waiting and trying to make a trade this summer for a bigger name that that gives them a boost. And that seems to be the direction they're headed. So in the short term, yeah, this is it. This, I, I know LeBron's 39, and it seems weird to burn a season, but that's kind of where they are. I, they're going to just bank on – I mean, he they can rise up for a game. You saw it against the Knicks. With LeBron played great defense in the fourth quarter of that game, but I mean, we've talked about this, guys. Like, do you really see them being able to do that four games out of seven against anybody good? Nope. No, sir. Um, Jazz get the win over Oklahoma City. This team is a certainly a Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. They lose six out of eight, and then they uh, all of a sudden string back-to-back wins against Milwaukee and then Oklahoma City yeah. last night. It's just, you know, it, it, it can be a little bit maddening for us here trying to say, okay, this is who this team is because, frankly, it changes as much as the weather does. You're looking for consistency? See, that's yep. the problem. Yeah. yeah see, <laughs> it's a young team. They're still figuring it out. So, yeah, that's the problem. You, you see nights where – and I, and this is why – you see nights and how this fits together, and it's why Markkanen's not available via trade because you can see how you can build something really good around him um, that he's kind of undervalued around the league, frankly. Um, but – with Kessler and, and just you know George at the point and, and everything they're building up around it, it's just it's going to take a little time. These aren't veterans who are ready to step in and play. So you get these games that they're up for and they look really good against OKC or good against well, Doc Rivers has really turned everything around in Milwaukee, so they're fine. Um, you know, <laughs> but they don't. Um, they don't bring that. They don't bring that energy and mentality every night, which is just kind of part of what you get with the young team. Professionals haven't haven't gotten there yet with that. So, Kurt, I feel kind of bad for Joel Embiid because he's dealing with another meniscus and a, yeah. a procedure there in his left knee. And you and I both know that. What, what are we talking now? Three, four different meniscus procedures, and those meniscus can be. Uh, a real killer over a period of time dealing with arthritis and constant pain. And does this one worry you a little bit about Joel Embiid? I mean, I know he misses his second MVP opportunity because he's not going to hit the 65, but outside of that, does it worry about him and and what his future is? Yeah. It, it really puts pressure on them. um, Even whether he's back for these playoffs or not. And it's not, I know they're re- reevaluating in a month, and we're two months out from the start of the playoffs. But that's the that you were saying that is the second trim, we'll call it, to use the, the the common vernacular. They've removed a piece of his lateral left meniscus twice now. That's that's the kind of thing that does like now you've got to monitor it the rest of you know the rest of his career and they may get to the point in the next couple of years. And they've got Paul Reed, who's a good backup center, but, like, you may be at the point where it's, I don't know, late career Dwayne Wade, right? Where, like, hey, man, we're getting 55 games out of this guy and get him to the playoffs healthy, and that's all we care about. Like, get him to the playoffs healthy, and that's the best we're going to do. They may be there, and they're going to have real pressure on them if he comes back for these playoffs. Um, and they're not probably making a bold move at the playoffs. It'll be, you know, Maxie and Cope, Harris. And then this summer, they've got a lot of cap space, and they're 
going to go hard at getting another name or two in there and really revamping this roster. And that thing has to win now because how many more years have it, how many more years of this peak? He's 30, but how many more years does his body really have? Not many. Yeah. Not, not many. Yeah. I mean, when, when you're talking about trims and sewing up and, and cleaning yeah. up meniscus, it just is, uh, it's an ugly look. Yeah, it's, it's two on that same piece of meniscus, the lateral oh, left, and that's oh not boy. getting into the right and everything else. Like it, uh, And, I mean, his foot and ankle and knee issues go back to, I mean, look. And, frankly, he would have, if you had said now, if you knew now what when he was in the draft, how he turned out, he'd still probably go number one. Like, he would have gone yeah. number one at the time. It was his knee red flag, his, the red flags on his health were there then. And this probably turned out better than a lot of people expected. I mean, he's got an MVP. He's been dominant. But this has long been the concern. Hey, with him out now, is it Shea Gillis-Alexander? Or is it, uh, is it go maybe to, back to Jokic? Um, you know, we're still on the back stretch. Uh, maybe starting to, starting to turn for home, you know, hit the uh, turn and, and move towards home. So I think they're the two clear front runners. Um, but I, there's a long way to go between them, so we'll see where it lands. I think that, I mean, I had Shea slightly ahead of Jokic at the midway point, but I had them basically on the same tier with Embiid, frankly, almost on another tier. So it's those two, and then a step back to Giannis and Doncic and Tatum and Kawhi Leonard had better be in that mix, and I'm probably forgetting somebody off the top of my head. Um there, but there's just a really good group, so we'll see if one of them climbs up. I mean, if 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 Kawhi keeps playing like this and the Clippers get the one seed, he's now in the conversation at least. So yeah, it's it's um it's it's there's a long way to go, but I think Giannis and SGA are one two, and I'm not sure anybody. I'm not sure who would climb into that category outside of maybe Kawhi. Um, I'm not sure who would climb into that category because it's not, it's not Tatum. He's got, I, I like Tatum, but he's just not carrying a team the way those two guys have to. How does the Clay Thompson situation end in uh, Golden State? Ugly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I just, I, I mean, I do feel bad for him, and and I think you guys understand. Like you know, watching this for years. It is just – it is hard for an athlete to accept they're not that guy anymore, and he is clearly struggling to accept that. And part of that comes back to financial, right, the, the financial end of it, right? They're just – what are you going to – you know, what, how much do you really want to pay him going forward? He's a free agent this summer. Obviously, he thought – I can't believe he thought he was going to get another $42 million a year contract but whatever they've offered was well below what he thought. And they're probably thinking something in the Draymond range, which was four years and a hundred. And that's probably a little rich for Draymond, but they wanted to keep him around and Draymond's playing better than clay right now. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't know how that ends well, but on the flip side of that, it's not like there's some huge market for him out there. Yeah, It's not like, you know, he, Utah, or or even forget Utah. Let's say a contending team that wanted to bring him in. Like if you're, I don't know, somebody team looking. Well, I'm like a team looking for shooting, which would be everyone. But let's say it was Cleveland or Miami or whomever. They're not. 
they're just they're not going to be offering more than Golden State is right now. It's probably more valuable to Golden State just for a fan cultural point of view than it is. You know, he he helps fill the building there more than he's going to in Miami or anywhere else. I'm just not sure. There's a hard if he doesn't want to sign with the Warriors, I think there's a hard reality about what the market for him is out there about to hit him. Hecker, Scotty and I were talking about just Rudy Gobert and jazz fan relationships with Rudy Gobert, and it it got me thinking with Minnesota and and their push back first, second in the West and what they're doing. Are are they built to be a real contender this year? They need to be. Um, By the way, what is the relationship? Like, how do jazz fans feel about it? It's really good. Well, I think, think. yeah, jazz fans uh, will always have a special place in their heart for for Rudy Gobert. Um, Donovan Mitchell, maybe not so much. That didn't end as well. That was yeah, as yeah. they would hope, as we would hope. But uh, but Rudy, because everybody knows, knows Rudy wanted to stay. Rudy wanted to be here. And if you yeah. show Jazz fans you actually want to be here, then they will love you forever, regardless of where you end up at. Yeah. Um, I think Minnesota, not only can they kind of win this year, although I, I'm a believer that you kind of have to learn how to win a little bit at the highest level and um, – Rudy has played at that point before, but Towns hasn't. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns hasn't, and you know Anthony Edwards hasn't. So I think there's some learning curve there in a West with with Denver, with a Clipper team that hasn't won as a unit, but Kawhi has. They've got guys with experience um, and, and a great coach. So I'm not sure that they're ready to knock on that door yet, but there's pressure on them to do it faster than say Oklahoma City. Because Oklahoma City's all young, right? Like, you know, Shea Gildas Alexander's their oldest guy. Um, and everybody else is kind of young and coming up. Minnesota's both older and about to hit a financial cliff. It is going to be very, very difficult to keep all the guys they've got in, in place. So with that, it's, there's, going to be, there's going to be changes coming. There's going to be, in the next couple of years, they're going to have to move towns or one of the big names just to make it work financially. So there's some pressure on them to do it now. Um, but they're good. I mean, they, they've got an elite defense and they've got a guy who looks like he can be a playoff powerhouse in Edwards. And that's enough to get you a long, long way. Well, we always appreciate the time. Thanks for hanging out with us and uh, we'll do it again next week. Should be a fun one tomorrow. And hopefully just for entertainment purposes, we see some, uh, we see some movement. It just doesn't seem like it's going to happen though. No, it's been it's been pretty quiet. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm not optimistic. I, I, funny, I I think I'm starting my loser winners losers column after the deadline. Losers being fans because it's, <laughs> it's just awesome. not that thrilling, man. All right, we Thank appreciate you, it. Thanks. All right, we'll see you. You're the best, Kurt. Thanks. There he is, Kurt Heelan, NBC Sports and ProBasketballTalk.com.